Light Turner finds a supernatural notebook and uses it to meet out death, attracting the attention of a detective, a demon, and a girl in his class. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here we review B-Movies to the best of our abilities. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So, as, as we finally get to the end of uh, Remake Month here, this December... We are taking a look at the 2017 live-action version of Death Note. Yep. Now, how exactly is this one a remake again? It's a quote-unquote retelling, but also a remake. And, well, I guess there are two Japanese movies, so... And a TV series. Yeah, and a TV series and a bunch of other shit, so it's it's a remake nonetheless. It's, it's an American remake of a Japanese It's Netflix thing. tries Death Note. And this is directed by Adam Wingard, who made certain segments in the VHS series and I'm sure some other stuff. And starring William Defoe and a bunch of other people who are of no consequence whatsoever. So let's uh, dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Let's get the good. Let's get some good vibes flowing here. All okay. right. I'm going to try my best. Start off positive. All right. So it, it, for number three with me, I do enjoy a good Ferris wheel collapsing. You know, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's there for no reason. But it's always a good time, as long as you're not on it. I say, except for the people on it. That would not be so much fun. Um, Number two. Uh, At one point, Mia is watching the movie Phantasm on TV, which is a pretty awesome movie. And then it gets interrupted by Light's dad appearing on TV. But Phantasm and the scene that appears on that screen is probably the best screen time of the movie. Number one, William Defoe is Ryuk. His lines are the best lines of the film, and his voice is just so menacing, it fits into that character profile. And I just really wish that they had done a practical makeup effect and used William Defoe's real face instead of CGIing it on there, as I feel like it would have been more terrifying. But William Defoe is definitely like the best part of this film. Yeah, for a live-action Death Note adaptation, they couldn't have picked a better voice actor than William Defoe. All right, number three. Director Adam Wingard, after an extremely entertaining bunch of fights on Twitter with the fan base of Death Note, finally deleted his Twitter account. And while that may sound like I'm making fun of somebody who's bullied, this guy actively called the fan base a bunch of weebs and complained they didn't get it because his movie sucked. So I don't really have much sympathy. Plus, the interactions between him and the, him and the fan base and the people trying to defend it were really entertaining while they lasted. I mean, sounds like he was trying to bully the fan base. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he like... It got, he got some complaints. Some of, them, some of them were unnecessary, but he then went after everybody who said they didn't like it and said, well, you just don't get it. You just, you, it's, it's an adaptation, except it's not really. It's also a retelling. And it's if also you're that. in the entertainment business, you've got to be able to take criticism. But he, he was a complete dick, and that's not to say that some of the criticism wasn't completely uncalled for, but he obviously couldn't take it and then insulted the entire fan base, which he basically gave, the, gave a huge middle finger to. So, sorry, Adam. I have no sympathy for you. Number two, it was almost interesting how, they, how this movie split Light Yagami into two different characters, Light Turner and his girlfriend Mia, one of which was the morally conflicted version, who is actually more of a wuss, of Light Turner, and the more sadistic one, Mia, who just wanted to kill people. 
But then they went and screwed that up at the ending, and it didn't actually work out. But, you know, it was almost an interesting idea, you know? I, I could almost see the semblance of an original creative idea. And number one, of course, William Defoe is Ryuk. From the moment that was announced, I thought that was that was amazing. And while they didn't really do... They were trying to make them as they should have, because they were trying to make it different from the series while also not making it different... They, it, he still did a really good job and definitely had the best dialogue. All right, now that we've gotten the, uh, the good out of the way, the top, we got some good vibes flowing, some positivity. Uh, let's, let's talk about the bad, the bottom three. It's all downhill from here. So number three for me, why isn't Ryuk featured more often in this film? I mean, he's the only part that really like, keeps me entertained or smiling, and he's just used so sparingly where, at least for the beginning of the original series, he was there a lot, maybe not helping Light, but antagonizing him in the very least. He was there to be entertained by Light. His role was to be a spectator. He liked watching humans. He, his, his famous line, which they butcher at the end of this film, was, humans are so interesting. And for this one, they didn't really know what to do with him. But, I mean, just to have him in the background would have been awesome. Number two, everything that happens in this film only happens because the plot requires it. It doesn't happen for any reason that actually affects the storyline or develops the characters. It's just like, oh, yeah, hey, guys, remember we, uh, we have a timeline, so, uh, so we need something to happen here. That's and, like, that's the only reason something happens. Like, there's no particular reason for it to happen. Hey, let's get on this Ferris wheel. Why? I don't know. Reason. Number one, anyone who listens knows I'm all one for gore and for the use of adult language. However... They have their time and their place, and Death Note is not the place. When you're basing your film off of a psychological thriller and you use gore and adult language to excess, you're just trying to distract people from the fact that you don't know how to create a psychological thriller. You know, something that's supposed to have depth, and you're showing them that there is no depth because everything about this film is so poorly done from the writing in the dialogues, in the acting of the actors, in the set design even. Like you said, a fucking Ferris wheel. Why? Because, hey, let's have a Ferris wheel. Because it, it looks cool. It doesn't actually have anything that makes a difference in this film. Exactly. Because nobody who worked on this seemingly knew how to portray the original idea of the series. And, exactly. And they just try to mask it by going, hey, special effects. Hey, gore. Hey, let's say fuck 72 times in like, you know, an hour 43. Why? Because maybe people won't notice how shitty this film is in its entirety. Sounds about right. Yeah, for number three, I've got... How the hell do you come up with this from a show like Death Note? Death Note is not really a horror series. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah, I know it's a retelling, but what you retold was shit. You missed every theme of the film, and it was just horribly done. The, the blood in the original is there to emphasize something, not to be the center of attraction. Exactly, and at the end of Death Note, spoiler for who hasn't seen it, which you should no matter what, at the end of, of it, there's a lot of blood, and the main character gets shot up a bunch of times, and it's to show that he, he failed. He's got nothing left. After all the brilliant playing and everything, he was thoroughly defeated, and that's why it was such a, con uh, such a strict contrast to the rest of the series, where he was, like, 
dressed nicely. He was um, well-kept and, you know, didn't really have any blood literally on his hands. So, um, yeah, that was stupid. Number two, like you said, most of the scenes were horribly forced. Um, The fuck is with that Ferris wheel? We need to go to the Ferris wheel. Why? Uh, Because we need to go to the Ferris wheel. Like, no, fuck you. There's no reason for that. Um, Fucking Watery's name was literally Watery just so they can have him, like, try to find Elle's name, which amounted to nothing. Just to have him killed off easier. Yeah, like, like, that was... the only reason his name was just Watery. It was so dumb. And then throughout it, like... L figures out who who uh, Kira is, which was another problem with it. He uses kind of took the name Kira for no reason, whereas in the anime he was given it because it's a Japanese um, word for death or for killer. And uh, everything about it was just forced and nothing fit together. They just wanted to have, like you said, specific scenes so that they can say, "Doesn't this look cool, guys?" No, it did. It didn't. It was just dumb. And number one. Everyone in this movie is an idiot. They make stupid decisions constantly, like Elle running around after Light, chasing him with a gun for God knows whatever reason. He was overly emotional because of um, Watery getting killed. Was that a gun or a set piece from Blade Runner 2048? It was so weird. It was like like this futuristic blaster that he had for no reason. And then like Light gives um, Elle information about a page in um, Mia's calculus book, which why would you even say that? Like, and apparently he had planned all that, but if he had planned it, why would you do that? Uh, everything just was ridiculous and the fucking paper filing in the fire, like, oh, so he can now control the forces of nature. Like, I mean, that kind of goes to number two of everything being contrived, but my God, everybody was such an idiot. Like there was no reason that they should have been caught or for L to figure out any of this and just fuck this movie. Like, Nothing worked in it. Well, maybe there's some redeeming qualities in the dialogue, um, which there aren't. Nope. Uh, spoiler alert. But uh, let's just have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. Anyway, we'll quote this movie back and forth, and you tell us who wins. Paul, you can get us started. Shall we begin? If this is possible, imagine what else you can do. I killed him. Sleep is key to strong thought. Rule number 28, each death must be physically possible. Rule number 20, a subject can be influenced for no more than two days leading up to his death. I'm just here to make sure you burn. What I do is bring people to justice. And that ends this episode edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from Death Note the movie or Death Note the series or Death Note part one or part two of the Japanese movies, leave them in our comments below. Or on our website, bmoviebros.com. Tell us who won this episode's edition of Quote War. Or, you know, what you thought about the movie in general. Well, I think it's time we give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scales are reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 9 out of 10. I also gave this a 9 out of 10. So, Death Note the film is about an angsty teenager who gets the power of a death god and becomes a pussy when things get a little tough. Oh wait, he was a pussy from the get-go. Every character is only looking out for himself, except maybe Light's dad, and nothing about them changes throughout the entire movie. It's fraught with poor dialogue and characters, as well as plot points happening seemingly because the movie just needs to continue, not because anything actually matters. The use of extreme gore to cover for shitty writing is also apparent throughout the film. It drags this thing out to a whole hour and 40 plus minutes, and then doesn't even resolve itself. 
it's as if they were setting up for a sequel. Like, hey guys, I know this movie is so great, everyone's gonna want to see more. No, no. I hope that a sequel for this never happens. It better not. Alright, Death Note, the Netflix original film, is one of the worst adaptations of anything I've ever seen in my life. I have no idea how anyone could watch a brilliant series such as Death Note and come out with this angsty teenage drama bullshit with some dark twist and some horror elements. The source material focuses around teenage genius Light Yagami, who through means of a supernatural notebook goes on a holy crusade to rid the world of evil, all while being chased by the world's greatest detective known only as L. Where the anime challenges your perceptions of good and evil and moral and immoral, the Netflix original film challenges your patience to see how long you can sit through this abomination before wanting to write your own name in a death note. The plot is a convoluted mess, and the characters act in ways that are so unbelievably stupid that you're not sure whether or not you're being trolled the whole time after the film's over. This film doesn't deserve the title of Death Note. It's not a remake. It's not a retelling. It's just garbage. Well... Uh, at this point, we uh, have our A Movie Companion, because we know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do. But, you know, since we all know that the A Movie version of a uh, remake is the original, we uh, try to compare which one is better, but uh, I don't think there's any kind of comparison here, just nope. that the, uh, the original series, and more than likely the, uh, the original Japanese versions, live-action versions, of the the movie are better than yeah, this version. I've actually seen both. Um, well, actually, technically, all three Japanese films, and they were not very good, but they were at least better than this one. Like they at least ha- like understood what Death Note was trying to tell and what the point of the story was. Whereas this one just completely was inept. Um, so, as far as characters go, I don't think it's any competition. The characters in the anime, the manga, and all subsequent uh, Death Note-related stuff were a lot better. Well, well, and they did one of those things which typically happens when you take a longer book or a longer series and adapt it into a film where you cut a lot of the characters out. Um, But in cutting a lot of those characters out, you missed or you took away what most of the story was. Yeah, they completely really dumbed down the characters and they... The, the, it wasn't fun to watch the the battle of which between Light and L like it was in the uh, in the anime. And the there manga. really wasn't a battle no. between them in this film. It, it was, was just, just it was just L coming and being like, "I know that you're Kira," and Kira being like, "Um, no, fuck I'm not. You. Like, Even if I was, you you can't prove it." It's like in in the anime, it was such a great scene because L reveals himself to Light, and. It's completely unexpected. It's all part of a bigger plan, and it's it's really compelling. Whereas in this one, it's like they're LARPing as actual Death Note characters and doing well, a real poor job uh, at it. I, I kind of like feel like maybe this takes place after the Death Note series, and that Ryuk just so happened to find somebody whose name was Light and was like, ah, maybe I'll get the same kind of results as I did over in Japan. So he gives the, the Death Note to Light Turner, in hopes that he will be something like Light Yagami, and it just turns out to be Ryuk's biggest mistake ever. And, you know, there just so happens to be, like, another detective named... Like, like L is just... Isn't, like, one person. It's kind of like the James Bond theory, where, like, James Bond is just given to, like, the, the top person, you know, top agent of the time or whatever. That Like, 
L is just the name given to like these top detectives from this agency, and they all have a Watari, and this just happened to be one whose name was actually Watari, or it was legally changed to Watari. Who I knows? Mean, I mean, that's technically canon with um, the L stuff. I mean, L had his successors, Near and Mellow, and then, they were N and M. Yeah, N and M, but Near ends up taking up the moniker of L, at, at least to the public, and he's got his own version of Watari. So, so I mean, it, it is completely possible that that. This is just the aftermath of the original Death Note. But there's just no way that L would, L or Nier would have let this incompetent, whiny guy with a futuristic gun be one of it, their successors. There's no way this guy went to Whammy's ass. Uh, I mean, just yeah. Okay, it's it's a theory. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about the uh, the themes of um, the series compared to the movie. I don't think this movie had a theme. I don't think it really challenged anything. Whereas the original series was all about morality. It was light, right or wrong to do what he was. Was um, L good or bad for basically being willing to torture people to solve his mystery, which he was only invested in because it challenged to me and he found it fun. Um, who is the good guy, who is the bad guy, and it all culminates in the end when you find out that there is no afterlife, so it's all completely subjective. No, I feel like the, the theme in this movie was fickle teenage relationships and the fact that Light, the, this girl wanted nothing to do with him until he revealed that he could murder people by writing them in a notebook, and she was like, oh my god, I love you, and then as soon as he's like, yeah, I'm not going to write people's names anymore, she's like, you're a pussy, give me the book, and like, she... she wants to do what she wants to do. And because he doesn't want to do what she wants to do anymore, you know, she's like, I'm done with this shit. Like, I, I feel, I feel like maybe whoever wrote this film, like was, had this like terrible teenage relationship and just poured, poured their soul into this movie of like, I always did what she wanted to do. And then when I didn't want to do what she wanted to do, she broke up with me. And that is the theme of the Death Note movie. So the themes were teenage angst and incompetency. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, that's totally what I got out of, um, out of watching Death Note, you know. I also have to say that when you were talking about, like, a lot of the excessive gore and the swearing and all that, apparently, like, there was supposed to be a lot more of that, but it ended up getting cut. And I'm like, how, how, how is this your interpretation of Death Note? I, I do not understand that. Death Note's not a horror series. It's not supposed to be over the top with gore and violence and sex. It's supposed to be a, mostly a battle of wits. And that was, that was the other thing that really, really bothered me about this film was that, you know, in, in the original... Light wants nothing to do with, with Misa, who is, you know, in yeah. this film, represented by Mia. And yet, in this version, he's, like, all over her and, you know, wants her to be there for everything. And where, you know, Light, in the original, like, accepts, okay, it's good to have Misa around, but just because it suits his purpose like exactly. he doesn't actually want her around because he likes her or anything he just kind of deals with her just from a strategic standpoint and that was one of the great things about light's character and death Note in general was everything was planned out like as everything happened light would manipulate people into acting the way he wanted to basically everybody was a chess piece to him and and really to Elle as well. And they kind of try to do something like that similar at the very end of this film, but it's so poorly done. It's so, it doesn't even make any sense. Like they literally have light defying the laws of physics and it's, it's too late, little too late. And it's a pale, 
imitation of the original. Overall, this movie has nothing on the series or the manga, or hell, even the Japanese films. Like it, it fails. It, it absolutely fails on every level, except it kind of looked cool at times. I guess maybe this felt more like a reimagination of Final Destination to me than it did Death Note. That's a good way of looking at it. Like maybe if they could literally control like people's deaths. Maybe that was the um, underlying um, story in um, Final Destination or something like that. Somebody had a Death Note the whole time. That's going to be my theory. So, yeah, in in short, Death Note, the series Death Note, the Japanese movies, superior to Death Note, the American Netflix adaptation. Oh, yeah. So, we've... uh, we it, it's time for us to tell you how to drink away the flick drink away the flick come on and grab your drink let's drink away the flick all right friends we'll give some drinking games for death note but remember drink responsibly number one every time the lights go out take a drink number two anytime l eats candy take a drink number three every time light finds an apple that's been eaten take a drink number four whenever it's raining take a drink and, of course, number five, because it's remake month, anytime the film reminds you of the original, take a drink. Every time someone says the words death or note, take a drink. Every time watery is just kind of there, take a drink. Every time someone makes a stupid decision that no one with half a brain would have made, take a drink. And every time you're thinking about ending your Netflix subscription, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave a, leave a comment on either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can email us bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com. We have new shows each week. If you want to support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. So we've come to the end of week five of December. I'm just going to go through this quick. I'm not really going to have any reasons ranking the films. Number five for me, actually at the bottom of the list, Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007. At number four, Death Note from 2017. At number three, Black Christmas from 2006. Number two, Evil Dead from 2013. And number one for me this month was Night of the Living Dead, 1990. All right, for me, number five was obviously Death Note. I I still can't believe that they that anyone would watch Death Note and that's what they'd come up with. I mean, this is the worst fan fiction I've ever seen in my life. Number four was Halloween. God damn it, Rob Zombie. Like, can't you do anything right? Number three, Black Christmas. Just missed the point of the original completely. It had some cool gore and stuff, but it was overall incompetent, but still better than Halloween and Death Note. Number two is Night of the Living Dead. I mean, it stayed mostly true to the original, but the things that were added, I didn't think were necessary. And overall, I kept thinking, why am I not just watching the original Night of the Living Dead? And number one, The Evil Dead. You know, for a horror adaptation, I thought it was actually really good. I had a, I had a lot of fun watching it. And while they do shoehorn unnecessary references to the original, it could have been a lot worse. Well, seeing as how there is most definitely not a sixth Friday this month, Thank I God. I think it's safe to say that we have a new year and a new month of movies to look forward to. At least, I hope look forward to. And since it's January, 
Paul's birthday month. Let's ask him, hey, Paul, what's in store for us next month and maybe even just next week? Let's see. I've been thinking about this, and I'm going to go with the theme of zombie Nazis. Ooh, Nazi zombies. Zombie Nazis. Prepare, friends. For next month, we'll be taking a look at the Fourth Reich. So until next time, be brave, be alive, and be back for more.